The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Welcome, Philly, to your favorite sports show. Hosted by Jesse Town and Sam Wilson. They're smart. They're sexy, and they're all Philly. So thanks for tuning in, and we hope you enjoy the show. Hello, and welcome into episode number 38 of Babes on Broad. I'm Sam Wilson with my co-host, Jesse Town, and we are the Babes on Broad, brought to you by SB Nation and Bleeding Green Nation. You should give us a follow on all socials if you haven't yet. You can find Babes on Broad at Babes on Broad on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and then you can find me at SamWills18 on Twitter and Instagram. You can find Jess on Twitter at RunThisTown with an E13, and then you can find her on Instagram at Jessica underscore town with an E as well. And also make sure to go check out our website because you can find past recipes, drinks, all kinds of fun stuff on there at um, babesonbroadpodcast.com. So make sure to go check that out. Tell us what we can do to put on there, make your life easier, make it better, all that. But thank you guys for everyone who tuned into the second week of the Babes live pregame show. We had a blast yet again. Huge attendance and interaction. It was so fun to get to talk to everybody. And we had a blast and can't wait to do it week after week. What do you think, Jess? Yeah, we had a good time. We ate pasta. We had meatballs, wings, sausage and peppers. Lots of Italian food. It was good. There were some meat and cheese. You know how I feel about some meat and cheese. (laughs) And we drank Irish coffees, which were so good. Yeah, they had us a little tipsy. (laughs) <laughs> yeah we well we didn't eat before and that was the problem we should make sure we we have at least some food before we start drinking next yes, time but you know what here's the thing maybe not because we need to be have more drinks before the eagles game start from now on because it's the only way we're going to be able to make Jeez. it through because it was it was all good until half until kickoff you know the eagles once again pooped the bed and lost to the rams 37 to 19 so sam yeah Tell me what went wrong. What went wrong for you? Okay, because it's it's so tough for me because, honestly, like, the first game was not all Carson, obviously. Yesterday was mostly Carson. And it sucks because he was – he only has two touchdowns in the year, four interceptions. And yesterday he was scoreless and then had two interceptions. And the one was – Right, at, they had all the momentum coming out of the half. They had it going in with the Kayvon Wallace fumble recovery, and then they had all the momentum coming out. They drove right down the field with that first possession out of the half, and it was great. And then Carson just, boop, interception in the end zone. And that just 
literally was the play of the game that shifted everything and it stopped them and they couldn't do anything else. So I do think yesterday was majority Carson. And I think that his trouble so far, not only yesterday, but in game one as well, was that he's trying to be a hero that he had to be last year. But he doesn't really have to be that this year because he has weapons like Ertz and Goddard and Deshaun, even though he's older. And then you have the second year of Sanders, which he didn't have week one, but he was back yesterday. And then he also has a rookie like um, Rager. So I think he's kind of still caught up in the fact that he has to be heroic when he doesn't. But a lot of people saw on my Twitter is that my biggest thing is freaking Howie Roseman. And even though he isn't the one playing the games, I think he is the one to blame for all of this mess. And I was texting you my rants about him yesterday. I just think Mm -hmm. that this was Carson's full year to be out of Nicole's shadow, to actually get weapons that weren't injured and practice squad guys, and to just be Carson. And then instead, Howie decided to not give him another top receiver and just let him deal with the same things he had last year and hope there were no injuries besides Rager, obviously. Now Deshaun's a year older. He's hoping for no injuries. And then he also just left a bench of Greg Ward and then a whole bunch of poop. So like that doesn't help him at all. And then he has a freaking all goes back to the Jalen Hurts pick in the second round. You leave him with no weapons. You tell him he's going to be your guy, but then you draft a quarterback in the second round. And I'm convinced that in a sense he he either really truly thinks that he invested in a great top backup quarterback with a second overall pick when we had first week six starters that we needed to fill and he wanted to get a backup quarterback instead so I think he either is delusional and truly thinks he invested in a good thing or that he just straight up is telling everyone that he lacks trust in Carson and that I think most people think that's the the one is that, or that's the actual logical explanation is that he isn't trusting him. I don't know if it's his ability or his injuries. I guess injuries would make more sense. I hope that's what he wouldn't trust, but I just think that it's, it all goes back to Howie. And I think he's just feeding into this mental game. And it was supposed to be Carson's year to really just be Carson. And now it's mental game again. And it sucks. And I think it's showing clearly. Yeah, I totally agree. Like right now, my brain is in this like constant never ending cycle of like Carson making bad throws and bad decisions, but also Doug Peterson isn't designing an offense or game planning to do anything that's catering towards Wentz's strengths and his skill sets. And the organization has done nothing but actively work against Carson since giving him the big contract. I mean, let's let's call a spade a spade. Carson Wentz played like crap yesterday. He had another yeah, he did. day. He did. He, he played and that's- terrible football. He did. And th- there's no there's yeah. no other way to argue it. But, like, I don't understand. And, you know, you look at it and you're like, I don't understand how after all this time he goes through his read progressions like a, like like he's at the high school level. Like, he's he's locking in on his first read and maybe glancing to his second read, but he's, he, he's not going through his progressions like an NFL quarterback. It, it's inexcusable that he is doing that at the level that he is you continue on and you say okay well the play calling once again sucked like there's no creativity how about some jet sweeps or end arounds with Jalen Rager like you gassed all these guys up because you all you did was get speed and address speed and you wanted speed and I kept saying speed doesn't matter if they can't 
run routes and they can't catch. And it doesn't matter if they're not utilizing it in the right ways. Like, what are you going to do? Just have a bunch of people run fly patterns? No, that's stupid. And that's all they're doing. Like, they need to get a little creative with that, you know, to, to actually utilize the speed of their skill guys. But there's absolutely nothing exciting about this offense at this point. Like, there, there's no movement, there's no surprises, and there's no creativity. Like, we shouldn't be able to sit at home and tell you the next play that's going to happen before it happens. Because here's the thing, if you and me sitting on a couch can guess what's going to happen, you can be damn sure that an NFL defense is going to be able to tell <laughs> what's going to happen. It, it, it's ridiculous. And then it, exactly what you said as well. I've had it with Howie Roseman. Howie is on my Fire list. him done. into the sun. You know, if you want to go like the most umbrella, like overarching thing, what is Howie's only job? You have one job and that is to put together a winning team. That is your one job. And if that's the job of the general manager, he has failed over and over again. He has failed miserably for the last three years. Like, after giving Carson his contract, all they've done is work against him. They drafted J.J. Ortega-Whiteside over D.K. Metcalf. Took a so far not promising-looking left tackle. Gotten him a 33-year-old Deshaun Jackson, who they're load-managing, still kept Alshon Jeffrey around instead of getting rid of him, who is hurt right now and useless to them in that sense. They drafted a freaking quarterback in the second round, who is also useless to them right now. If you're going to use him in the game and throw him in for three plays, actually use him for something. When the Saints bring Taysom Hill into the game, do they know he's going to get the ball? Do the teams know what he's going to do? Yes, but they still do it, and they're still successful with it. That's because they have a good head coach. Do something about it. Utilize him. Make it not a waste of a pick. And, oh, by the way, still screwing over his number one receiver and most reliable target. And don't even get me started on the project of a third-round draft pick being a linebacker when they tried to sell me Nathan Gary as the number one linebacker after he got absolutely toasted the other day multiple times. And when you look at it, at the end of the day, the offense is the problem. The defense played terrible. The offense is the problem. I don't think Carson Wentz is the only problem. He's part of it. But let's, uh, let's be honest. Jared Goff, not a better quarterback than Carson Wentz. But the offense is designed to highlight his strengths and not go near his weaknesses. They ran bootlegs, play action the entire time. And he ran it, through. I think it was through like the second quarter. He didn't have an incompletion that entire time. They drop him straight back three times. Drop him back, he gets sacked. Drop him back, throws an incompletion. Drop him back, he has to throw it out because he's under pressure. And guess what? They stopped dropping him straight back after that because it wasn't working. Like, why are we forcing Carson Wentz to be a pocket passer? Why not highlight what he's good at? Because guess what? It gets defenses confused and it gets you moving. Stop being so vanilla. Also, again, why get away from the run game? Why? I don't understand. Get Carson a move, roll him out, get some motion involved, utilize the run game a little bit better because the fact that I could could design a better game plan than Doug Peterson has these last two weeks is absolutely pathetic. <laughs> they are a sorry excuse for a football team right now. Sorry. Sad. Boom! No, but really, honestly, the NFC East is horrid. <laughs> it's oh, horrible. The Not East even just the Eagles. I was letting you go on your ramp, but I obviously everything you said was right. And Going back to Howie, like, I just am so over him because one of the things I was telling you yesterday is I feel like he's still on that Super Bowl high and thinks he's, like, all 
the greatest thing ever because he put together that Super Bowl roster when that's the only thing that ever worked out for him. And then now right. I feel like he's just kind of like, yeah, like we'll just be able to get anybody in here and they're just going to work. And it's just so frustrating because, like, dude, do your jobs at least semi-good. That's the thing. Like, ultimately, like, you have one job. Your job is to create a championship caliber roster. He has not done that. And I hate to use this comparison. I said this to you yesterday, and I think I said it to you earlier. I hate to use this comparison, but take a look at the Dallas Cowboys, for example. Right? They haven't given Dak a contract yet. They have not given him his money yet. But what they have done is they've given him one of the best offensive lines in football, gave him an absolute arsenal of weapons, drafting CeeDee Lamb, when they really didn't need another receiver. But they went, hey, you know what? He's here. Mm -hmm. He is the best player available right here. And you know what? He'd be a great addition to our offense to help our quarterback. You have Michael Gallup. You have Amari Cooper. Oh, and not to mention one of the best running backs in the NFL and Ezekiel Elliott. You've given him all of these weapons and top tier at each of the positions. So if he can't get it done with those guys, he might not be the guy for them, right? You look at the Eagles, Carson Wentz was getting it done with practice squad players. Yeah. Players that they had signed out of nowhere that had never played snaps in the NFL. Carson Wentz was getting it done and took that team to actually defeat Dak Prescott and all of those weapons. So what do you do for him in return? He showed you what he can do with the rock bottomy, like the rock bottomist of rock bottom talent. Give him some actual talent and build up that offense around him so we don't have these issues. Like, I don't understand, like, can I do Howie Roseman's job? Because I think I would do better. Like, I think I would do a better job than he is currently. No, and I agree I'll with keep, you. And I'll I think... keep him on for the salary cap. <laughs> yeah. Everything right. else. No, but that's the thing, though, is, like I said, he just plays mental games. And Carson, I mean, even though it sucks that he's another mental player, but I think he's proven it after that Super Bowl year is – He's a mental guy, and your quarterback has to have a good mentality. And then when you just deplete him of everything that he needs to actually succeed, and then you get his replacement just in case, like, how is that supposed to give him a good mentality to go into a season and think he's going to be the greatest? Like, now he's kind of gotten the mentality of, like, I have to prove I'm this good. I have to be great and all that pressure, and he doesn't need to have it. But Howie right. is it's making him have it. Yeah. Right. It's, 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 he, they, the organization has actively worked against the guy that they gave a hundred million dollar contract to. They have yeah. actively done nothing but work against him being successful. And it's sickening to watch. It's sickening to watch as an Eagles fan. I agree. So what, out of everything you said, what's your top three reasons that they lost? All right. I'm going to rattle them off really quick for you. Cause I think I've explained <laughs> them all. One, Doug Peterson's play calling slash Carson Wentz. Two, Howie Roseman's roster construction. Three, linebackers. <laughs> so I'm not far off from you, but my number one is freaking Howie Roseman because I'm just so fed up with him and I'm ready for him to just leave. And that would be a positive about not being good this season is just having him go. Um, and then my second is Carson because he did play poorly yesterday and you have to give credit where it's due and just acknowledge, or I guess what's the opposite of credit when it's due? Just acknowledging his 
failure. I mean, well, whatever the it is, that's it. Of that. Yeah, the opposite. Because Carson played poorly, and you just have to say what it is. And then my third, I love blame because I didn't know if I want to blame the linebackers more, if I want to blame Doug more. But I think I'm going to split and say Doug over linebackers because it's not yeah. Nate Gary's fault. He shouldn't be there. That's how he it is Nate fault. Gary's fault. You, <laughs> he's doing the best that execution he can. Is Nate he, Gary's fault? But he does okay, not okay, belong okay, there. Valuing linebackers, not not the, the linebacker. The fact that the linebackers are inadequate is my problem. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I I agree with that. But my third, I'm going to put Doug Peterson play calling. Fair enough. All right, we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we will actually give you our positives of the game. Yes, we were able to find some once again. And then we will answer listener questions. You're listening to the Babes on Broad on BGN Radio. Okay, so we gave you all of the negatives, even though we could have went on forever. But we kept it short for you guys this time. What were some positives, Jess, from yesterday? So the offensive line actually pulled their you-know-what together, and played extremely well. They did a really good job, kept Carson Wentz clean. He did not get sacked yesterday. Um, And according to PFF, Aaron Donald had his worst-rated game since 2016. Yeah, that was incredible because that was one of the things that everybody was talking going into the game was the fear of Donald, especially with the offensive line's week one performance. So it was like – a big concern and then they ended up killing it and a big part of it was Lane Johnson um he didn't allow a single pressure not one pressure with Aaron Donald on the other side of the ball and he's a month out of surgery love that I love that's incredible and that's I mean his enthusiasm and everything last week he was on the sideline but just having him in there not only his talent but it clearly just makes so much of everybody's hype and yeah, readiness. He's a difference maker for sure. And yeah. that contributed to the run game as well. The run game looked really good. Miles and Boston looked yeah. really good. Miles, after fumbling, they went right back to him, which I'm a huge fan of. One fumble, you go right back to him. Two, yeah. you need to go sit down for a little while. But after fumbling, went right back to him, and he ended up having a great day. They had The Eagles had 11 rushing first downs. Eight of those were by Miles Sanders. They had – no negative runs, no negative yardage Ooh. on run plays. Props to them. And that's one thing we um had the over, I think, for Miles yardage when he um or pregame. And then he had almost a hundred. So we were almost right, but total purpose he had over a hundred. He had like a hundred and twenty some. Yeah. So and I think just rushing he had like ninety five, ninety six. So he was close. And that was his debut this season. So I'm hoping it goes up from there even. Yeah. And the last positive that I was able to come up with was um, Kayvon Wallace. Kid securing a fumble between his legs. That's what I call near recovery. I love that kid. And I know I'm biased and I've said it before because I love safeties from Clemson. We all love us. But love us. even though he was on special teams. But no, it was huge. Listen, yeah, I was huge. there over a couple people right now. You know what I would like to see next week? Yeah. I would like to see Craven LeBlanc over Nikel Roby Coleman. I am not opposed to that mm-hmm. because yeah. what's it going to hurt? Yeah. I think Craven could be a positive we add here next week. Yeah. And I like Craven. I feel like he's always sturdy enough to hold up his end. For sure. He's never a big like difference maker Yeah, on the bad part. 
Yeah, in a bad way for sure. So yeah. okay, let's get into some listener questions. Okay. Question number one. When do we start questioning Carson Wentz as, quick, as, as the quarterback of the Eagles? I am so over some of the replies I've gotten on my tweets since yesterday of people saying Carson sucks, he's never been good, and all that, because it's literally two games, and I understand it's worrisome because you're just wondering what's happening with him. But come on, people. Like, Carson literally was the MVP of 2017 before he had any mental issues or anything, or anything playing into that factor. Like, come on, it's been two games. We, we know what he can do, and we've seen it. The standard is so high. It's, I agree. Because, like, think about it. In 2016, we were like, oh, we see some glimpses from this kid. Like, he could be the quarterback of the Philadelphia Eagles for a while. Then he comes out in 2017, and he, was, he lit the world on fire, right? So, yeah. And it was an absolute – it was the biggest blow Philadelphia sports had suffered in years when he tore his ACL. Now, granted, they still won the Super Bowl that year. But, like, you thought that – you know, you were – this was our year. It's all over. Like, it, it was just so mentally draining when he tore his ACL. But that he showed us what he is capable of, and we haven't seen much of it since. And I think that is the – that's why people are so angry. I don't think they can point to that themselves and be like, yes, that's why I'm angry. People just get irrationally mad and say ridiculous things. Because I, I still think it's completely asinine to suggest anyone other than Carson Wentz be the quarterback of the Philadelphia Eagles right now. No, I 100% agree. And that's the thing is, like, I talked about it in the last thing. Like, I think it's such a big mental game with him. And I know that sucks. And, like, especially in Philly, they have a little patience for it. Sure. But it's just, like, come on. Like, I don't want to say we have to baby him. But, like, you do have to – not make a guy insecure when he's already going through mental issues. You know what I mean? It's just, I'm not ready. Overall, I'm just going to say I'm not even ready for those people yet. Um, maybe give it, when do you think? How many more like consecutive bad performances until you? I'm not a fan of changing it mid-year. I'm not a fan of benching. Oh, no. I, I don't think, like, you, you let him play 16. I agree. Easy. And you let I him don't... figure it out. And I think the worst possible thing to do would to put would to be to put Jalen Hurts back there. I, I, the worst possible thing you could do would be to bench Wentz in favor of Jalen Hurts. I think that is the worst decision anybody could make, and I think it would just it would have nothing but bad things coming to you after that. I agree. So we can number talk two. About this one. Yeah, we kind of talk about this one. Yeah. When does Howie's seat start to get warm? Um, Howie's butt should be burning. Right yeah, now. right now, Howie is that meme of that little, like, cartoon dog or whatever sitting in, like, a fire cabin and everything's on fire around him. Yeah, that's Howie it's right now. Fine. Everything is yeah. fine. Yeah, yeah, totally agree. How can the Eagles' defense perform better if the pass rush isn't getting home early? Take Nickel Roby Coleman out forever. Yeah. Remember when he was like, I'm doing everything I can to help the Eagles beat the Rams? I think he did the opposite. He – I mean <laughs> – I saw his stat today. I think in he was he's been targeted nine times, allowed nine receptions, a hundred some yards, a touchdown, and a quarterback rating of one fifty. Yeah, bye, bye. Yeah, right. Bye. Jeez. Bye. Yeah, I guess that's my only solution right now. Can't get linebackers or do anything else much. You just gotta fill in with what we have for this. I mean, the moment. yeah. At this point, you need to. They. Uh, they. They. 
they just they have to get home. Like, yeah. <laughs> the, uh, how can the Eagles' defense perform better? Just perform better. I, I don't like they they yeah the defensive line. I, I we talked about this a little bit last week about how everyone wants to freak out about Fletcher Cox not having the numbers in there, but at and and we saw him flying around a little bit last week. But at some point, they they have to get home. They have to wreak havoc. They have to cause some problems because I don't think that their secondary like their secondary is better this year for sure. The secondary I'm not ready to fire them into the sun yet. But the linebackers are so bad that if you have a tight end out there and you're you're relying on a linebacker in coverage, that's not happening with this group. Not even a little bit. Yeah. It's 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 not. And I mean. It, uh, don't even get me started on how we could have Jordan Hicks, the Kamu Gruje Hill. Literally, LJ Ford had a scoop and score yesterday. It made me sick to watch. He's just doing nothing but earning a contract extension that they already gave him in Baltimore. It, and they literally cut him in favor of a comp pick and Nathan Gary. Jeez. I, I can't. Um, I think we kind of answered this question. How, Doug, Carson, Howie, who is all at fault? All of them? Very much. All of them, but Howie, number one, loser. Yep. yep. Uh, when do you think management will see linebacker as an important position? God, I wish I could tell you. I thought they would have with Jordan Hicks. Yeah, I um, I don't know. I feel like it's kind of always been a franchise thing overall, too. So who knows? Who knows? I, I, tomorrow would be my ideal answer. Um, why do the Eagles keep hurting me when I show them nothing but love? You know, I don't Retweet. know. Retweets. Because I think not enough people just show them love. A lot of people just show them a lot of hatred. There's a yeah, lot. Yeah, no, hatred. actually, we're getting a lot of anger. No, there, and that's the thing. I even, um, I think I tweeted something, and I was like, "Why is everybody just ready to like fire Carson into the sun when it's literally been two games?" And so many people replied back. The fact that everybody, all these Philly fans, have been so like isolated in their own homes is the reason that most of them think that everybody's just like. Ah, attack mode. And needs I guess, up. yeah, I guess that's the reason why. But as far as us, we've shown nothing but love and we don't get anything back either. So it's fine. Retweet. We'll try harder. What do you think is the most glaring gap on the offensive side of the ball? I don't know. I like I, offensive line played well. Um, Samalu, we have to see what his injury is. He's so on maybe. IR. He's going on IR. They didn't yeah. I don't think they said what it was. As of so, Monday at 5.24 p.m., I do not believe they've said specifically what it is, but I, he is going on the IR. Yeah, so maybe offensive line help, but I think my number one thing would be to just get, like, an actual big-name receiver. Because right now our big-name receiver is Deshaun Jackson, who's load-managed, and it makes no sense. So, like, just get me a big receiver. I really think, for me, the most – the biggest gap on the offensive side of the ball, to be completely honest right now, is Doug Peterson and, and his play calling. I think it's been absolute garbage. I mean, I think, I think too many people are going after Carson before Doug, and I don't think that's necessarily the right move. I mean, I retweeted the, the t thing today. It was the clip of Doug talking to John Lynch before they played the 49ers in 2017. And Doug's like, the way this kid prepares, he's unbelievable, works so hard, and, you know, he's done some great things. And John Lynch is like, yeah, he's special. And Doug goes, as long as we don't mess him up too bad, right? <laughs> and it, like, it hurts. Again, I don't think they've done him any favors. Yeah, no, I agree with that. That's – What are your thoughts on using Jalen Hurts as a gadget player? Might as well, man. You spent your second 
round pick on it. At least get him something. I don't know. I would love to have thoughts on using Jalen Hurts as a gadget player, but three plays as a decoy does not count. Yeah. In my book. Use him. If you're going to spend a second-round draft pick on him, use him in some way. Use him in some capacity. I Figure it out. You're supposed to be yeah. great offensive mind, Doug. Figure it out. Figure it out and make it work because there's no reason it shouldn't work. That's just my motto for this right now. I don't care what I – figure it out. Just figure it out. Like, I don't care. Figure it out. The last question we got, I did not write this down yet but because it just came in. How many games until they put Jalen Hurts in at starting quarterback? I refuse to answer that question because I think it's asinine. Was it your fiancé that wrote it? Jeez. No, it wasn't. Oh, he is on my list. How, it, my <laughs> list is Howie Roseman, Joe Taylor. Like, and, <laughs> on my list. He, yeah, right. He's, I don't think – he doesn't want Carson to not do well. I think he is just tr- starting to wrap, like, wrap his head around what he thinks is the inevitable. Yeah, he's why fed they up. Drafted him in the first place, why they drafted Jalen Hurts in the first place. But, yeah, Joe's on my list, too. <laughs> worst. Rightfully so. Ugh. They need to figure it out. Yeah. And Doug keeps saying, he's like, we're going to figure this out. Just figure it out. I'm a, just figure yeah. it out. Doug, just figure it out. Yeah, but, I'm not even answering that question because I hope it never happens. So that's, I'm with you there. I'm with you there. But that's it for episode 38. Thank you, as always, for listening to us scream and rant and complain. Um, make sure to subscribe and follow us everywhere and all the places Sam told you in the beginning of the show. As always, thank you to SB Nation and Bleeding Green Nation. We will come back to you later this week to break down the week three matchup with the Eagles and the Bengals. But until next time, we are the Babes on Broad on BGN Radio. Babes on Broad. BGN.